We made it at St. Luke's Day, and it's it's a very very joyful day for uh, for us for as for us as a parish. I don't I I, I didn't want priests do this, but I'm going to do this. Okay, if you um if if you came during the 24 hours of adoration that ended just before mass, if you whether you were like <clears throat> signed up for an hour or not, if if you came in to pray, could you raise your hand? I just want to see. It's pretty good, pretty good. I that was well it was, it was for me, but it was also for you because I wanted to you to see, you know, in the hour that you have there, maybe you see two or five or 15 people or whatever. But to be here <clears throat> is just incredible because every hour somebody else, somebody else is going, somebody else is coming in. And um, just, just last night uh, through like the end of confessions and then as I was going to bed and then when I woke up this morning, everything was just very different because I knew, even if I wasn't in church, I knew that uh, the Lord was here and that there was somebody in here praying, praying for the intentions of the parish and everything. So I asked the, the, the people who were here during the day also, and they all said, yes, it's just like it's something palpable. It's a wonderful thing. So we concluded our 24 hours straight of praying for our parish. And, um, and now we're here to, to celebrate our, our patron, to thank God for all that he does here at St. Luke and through St. Luke's intercession. I, I think... I just want to talk about St. Luke for a moment because very often patron saints are just names, you know, but we have like a really, really stellar patron to call our own. St. Luke, you know, <clears throat> he's a physician, an artist. He was a Greek, not, not, uh, uh, he, he wasn't Jewish. He's an evangelist because he wrote a gospel. And like we heard in the first reading, he was a companion of St. Paul. His symbol, like the symbol of his gospel is the ox or a bull. And so you can see this over here. Um, but whenever you see that, yeah, that that's St. Luke's symbol. There's, um, there's four symbols, but, but his, the ox and the bull, it's, it's significant for two reasons. One is because um, the ox and bull, this is like, this is a strong and working animal, a diligent one that, that, that does great things, you know, that works hard. And because the ox and the bull, these are like the greatest animal sacrifices offered in the temple. So this, it's, a, it's a holy animal also, and, and it always has to call us back to sacrifice to God. So, so you can see in these two things, I don't know, maybe, maybe something, something of a charism here for us if we're going to imitate St. Luke and call him our patron. These two things, like hard work and then also a holy sacrifice. St. Luke wrote not just the Gospel of Luke, but also the Acts of the Apostles, which is like part two of the Gospel of Luke. And even before coming here, St. Luke's Gospel was, was my favorite. There, it's, it's unique among the Gospels for a few reasons, but one of them is that what he speaks of, what's, what's written about, about the Lord in the Gospel of Luke, he, he has a greater concern than any of the other Gospels for the mercy and tenderness of God, especially how he looks at the poor. Um, there, there's a lot more about actually Jesus' relationship with women in the Gospel of Luke than any other Gospel. And there is a really clear focus on prayer and the interior life of disciples. And lastly, the demands of discipleship are the clearest in St. Luke. So I appreciate this, not, not just because that's St. Luke's gospel and he's ours, but because th these are the things that we focus on. These are the things that we talk about all the time, you know. There are stories in St. Luke that are found nowhere else in any of the Gospels. You know that some of the stories are found in all of them or in three of them or two of them, but there are some that are found only in St. Luke. And there are some of the, the ones that we know and love the best. The story of Mary and Martha, only the Gospel of Luke. The story of the prodigal son, only Luke. 
The story of the Good Samaritan, also only in Luke. If Luke never wrote his gospel, we wouldn't have these stories, these parables of Jesus. And lastly, maybe most importantly, Luke has to be the most prayed gospel because in it we find the things that we, we use every single day. So like in the daily prayer of the church, in the liturgy of the hours, the Benedictus, that's the gospel, uh, the, the gospel canticle for morning prayer, every day, that's from Luke. The Magnificat for evening prayer, that's the gospel of Luke. The Nunc Dimittis, which is for night prayer, that's from the gospel of Luke. The Gloria that we sing at Mass, also from Luke. The Hail Mary, also from Luke. So like they're, they're, they're like very unique riches in his gospel. And if we stop there, we, that would be enough to be grateful for what the Lord has done in St. Luke in giving us his gospel. But I want to turn to the gospel reading that we read today. He, Jesus, he, he chooses these 72 from among his disciples, and he says basically two things. He says, take nothing with you, and he strips them of all of their goods. No money bag, no sandals, no, no staff, nothing like that. Take nothing with you, and then... Do these three things. Give the peace of God. Heal the sick. Proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand for you. And I, I don't know how exactly they reacted, but just reading this and trying to put myself in it, my first reaction is like, how are we supposed to do that? You just, take, you just took away all of our things. We have no bandages, you know, we have no medicine, we have no money to get there. How are we supposed to do what you just asked us to do, Lord? when you have literally just taken away everything that we might have used to achieve this mission. How can they do it? Well, we hear afterward, just a little later in the gospel, a few verses after our gospel reading for today ends, the 72 return, and Jesus asks them, so what happened? They return rejoicing, and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. So after Jesus had said, take nothing with you, and takes away everything that they have, it turns out that they do have one thing, and it's the one thing that they need. They bear just one thing, and with it, they give the peace of the Lord, they heal the sick, they proclaim the kingdom, even, even they cast out demons and evil and darkness, and that one thing is only the name of Jesus. It is all they have and all they need. So Jesus looks at all of us here tonight, and we did a count. There's a little more than 72. So some of you will have to leave. <laughs> Jesus looks at you and I here tonight, like the crowd of disciples. He has picked you, and now he sends you. And he says, take nothing with you. Leave it all behind. All those things that you rely on, all of the tools that can help you to do what you need to do, Leave everything behind and take nothing with you, and then do three things. Give the peace of God. This is unlike earthly peace. Heal the sick and proclaim that the kingdom of God is a hand for you. And we might ask ourselves, how can we do this? When we think of the mission of the church, it is easy to be intimidated and to scramble for tools or for strategies or for marketing or for persuasive words or whatever. In any case, when we take seriously the call of Jesus, we say, how, how will we do it? How can we do it? We don't know how. We don't have anything. But we do have one thing. And it is the one thing that we need. It, was all, it is all that we have, and that is Jesus. Just Jesus.
So Jesus has given us a mission. He's given us what we need to do it. Himself. Only Jesus. He is all that we have, all that we need, and all our treasure. Jesus, we love you and we thank you.